Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 40. I am enjoying keeping things light. And as as quickly as I can get sucked into taking things seriously, getting caught up in concern, I remember equally as quickly that it's caught up in me. <laughs> it's caught up in the idea of myself. I'm just fucking thinking about myself. That's That's really what it comes down to. As much as there are paths to recognizing that, if you can recognize the source more quickly, you're going to have a much easier time with dealing with the situation at hand. Because without you, everything gets a lot easier. And I have never felt as light as I feel lately in my life. I have to tell you, Andrew, listener, I feel fantastic. And it's because of you, which is me. But because I've stopped being so concerned about you, because I have faith in you, and thus I do not need to be in there interfering with your life. I don't need to be in there thinking, well, if you just had a little bit more Ray, you'd make it. Fact is, is that you are what Ray is. And as much as I can do whatever it is I can with every moment, the same is true for you. So I appreciate you taking those moments to hang out with us. I just want to let you know that I am extremely appreciative for the life that I am living today. And uh, I look forward to sharing many more moments and many more podcast episodes with you as this continues to unfold in whatever the fuck dualistic unity is, whatever the hell we are creating together. It's exciting. I'm glad you're here. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is Dualist Unity Raw, episode 40. All right, here we are. Morning, everyone. It is Monday. It's so funny. I, I distinctly remember a time period where I thought to myself, I will never like Mondays. And this morning I woke up and I'm like, what day is it? That's awesome. I'm with you. It's uh it's it's funny, just the the days of the week, how they kind of uh blend together in a sense. Like I always think Sunday is is Monday, because that's sort of when our when our week starts, but then it doesn't have the same connotation as Mondays used to like there's never there's never a dread for the upcoming day <laughs> really like it was with uh some jobs i've had in the past where you know you get to the end of the weekend and it's like you know sunday scaries and and all that stuff and now it's just like every day is you know we have a bunch of calls great we have less calls cool day off cool it's like it's all kind of uh i don't know there, there's nothing that you really look forward to or don't look forward to anymore and so it's kind of just every day is is great in its own sort of way um but yeah it's, it's funny not living by that type of schedule anymore um it's yeah i don't know it's, it's kind of nice <laughs> i enjoy it admittedly i've been here before but with jobs that i didn't enjoy as much and what i mean is that when I was self-employed, I set my own schedule. Sometimes I would work till four in the morning. I'd wake up at like 10 in the morning or, or maybe noon, that kind of thing. Like it was just, it was on, on me because I was, I was doing web design and marketing. And that was really just when the right hours were, especially for web design, because you would typically work on a site that was off hours. This was a, a long time ago. Anyway. Um, so lack of schedule, but still the grind. I don't ever find them grinding. Like, with dualistic unity at most i fall behind on some of the uh patreon videos that, that we post and the reason for that is 
quite frankly, because we do a lot of Patreon groups and there's a lot of videos and they take time to upload and we have a limit on Vimeo for how much we can upload in a certain week. And so I appreciate everybody's patience. But um, if anybody's not aware of that, by the way, our Patreon isn't just groups. We also post the videos of those groups after the fact. So at the moment, oh, I don't even know. There's got to be close to 400 hours of video on, on Patreon, at least 400 hours of, of just like group discussions all the way back to October of, of oh, was that 2021? Yeah, was it? Did we start Patreon that early on? It was like a month podcast? after we started the podcast, yeah. Damn, damn, yeah, so we have... There's a shitload on there for sure. Like I, I also didn't realize, I mean, I realize it now, but how many people watch the videos after the fact? Because the reality is as great as the podcast is like those videos have so much in them and they're like real discussions. Like the, it doesn't have the same, like the, the podcast episodes obviously have a great feel to them, but it's a different feel for the groups. And so people are just, it's just, people chatting, talking about whatever is going on in their life and sharing things. And we get pretty deep. We've had a few of those Patreon calls where we've gone deeper than any podcast episode we've been on, I would say. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting that that is how it works out. But I guess when there's just a lot of people similar to the retreats, kind of with a similar intention and willingness to peel back the layers that it's it's going to inform going to inform each other and kind of bounce things off each other and and recognize things from each other and so yeah those uh those patreon groups so they uh they get deep and there's there's a lot of them now because yeah a year and a half worth of stuff on there so that's crazy it's crazy especially when i see like a bunch of other spiritual platforms i won't say which that are charging, you know, $20, $30 a month to get access to all of this great programming. And it's all programming. It's all coming from a place where it's been, you know, carefully scripted and planned and, and, and it's all the general stuff, but it's not the real nitty gritty of, of human connection. And admittedly, that's what our Patreon groups are. Like the fact that they're private, because I understand the listener right now is like, well, why can't we see these things for free? We'd love to do that, but there's no privacy in that. And so the benefit of that paywall is that you get to help dualistic unity which of course we appreciate but you also guarantee that it's never going to see the light of day it's never ever 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 going to leave patreon it's always only going to be there for the community it's never going to be made public so there's a degree of privacy and comfort in that people at least know that whatever we discuss there will never be put into the public eye it's very different than what we do here. This is why we have the roundtables because we have people in those groups who want to talk about things in public. And so now we've made it possible for them to do so. Tier two and tier three can join us every two weeks for a roundtable episode and say whatever you want. And you've noticed in the last few roundtables, those community members have been talking about the discussions that we have on Patreon because that's where dualistic unity really is. This is kind of like, the mushroom to our community's mycelium. If you were gonna look at the podcast as anything, it's just what erupts from the community itself. 
But the community itself is connecting in Discord and groups in our free public chat on Wednesday. We go out of our way to connect otherwise and direct messages. Everybody goes out of their way to connect with everybody else because it's important to them and they, they connect and they resonate with one another. And so it seems like the most natural thing to do. And isn't that funny? Because that's exactly what we want it to be. We want it to be natural. We want it to feel natural. Not like you need to solve anything or you need to connect with people, but rather, huh, I feel really good. I feel open. That person seems open. Well, let's shoot the shit without any need whatsoever. And the connections that are, are being established, it keeps reminding me of mycelium. I love watching mycelium grow. It's one of the most amazing things. Like it'll start here in one little spot for anybody who's not watching me at the moment, I'm pointing at a spot in the middle of nowhere. And then it'll go over here to another spot in the middle of nowhere. And then there will be like this string that attaches them. And it's the most interesting thing to watch that string widen and more spots appear. And then the, the, those strings become like thick ropey connections. And it's because they're sending resources back and forth to one another. The mycelium works as one, which is what we're doing, which is why I'm so very excited about some of the developments that we've been having lately. Specifically, we're talking about public groups and the hosting of public groups, possibly in your city, maybe near somewhere near you. Uh, this is something that we're just working on. It's in motion, uh, but do keep up to date with our Discord. And if you can subscribe to our newsletter or join us on Patreon and you'll find out because right now we're trying to bring people together in person as well as online. I think that's the next step for this because it's, again, it just feels good. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be exciting to see those uh, gain more traction, the groups online or, you know, offline and in-person events. But with the mycelium, so you said they pop up in like two different spots. I'm not super familiar with, I'm familiar with mycelium, but in terms of how they grow, so like, do they just pop up? Kind of? No, it just appears that way. It really is okay. growing. It just, and then it establishes like another base camp and then it starts like okay. sending resources back and forth, but it, you don't notice it growing all of a sudden. You're just like, Oh, there's a spot. Oh, there's another spot. And then you see them connecting. It's the funniest. It, like if you can, I, I highly encourage you to grow a jar of, of mycelium. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so like those, is that just kind of like a, the spots that kind of appear are those, are those like the, I don't know, like a, a city sort of, and then the roads in between or like. That's a good way of roads. looking at it. I always think of it in terms of like uh, camps and supply lines, because I, I typically think of when I think about ro uh, roads and, and connections, I think of ancient Rome, because that's what, that's what really made ancient Rome what it was. They knew how to build roads. Like they didn't just march with an army to go somewhere. They marched with an army and made a road as they did, so they could just send people back and bring supplies back and forth behind them. And that's what made Rome so goddamn powerful was the fact that they made sure they were well supplied all the time. And as they took over countries, they built more roads, making it easier for them to police the countryside, making it easier for trade to happen, making it actually beneficial for some of the people that they had actually conquered because now it was safer and there was more, more uh, opportunity for business. Right. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot to that. And so, yeah, that, that's how I tend to, I don't know how I got on that, except for that's how I think of it. Okay. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. But yeah, it's funny. Um, it does make a lot of sense with the podcast being sort of the, uh, the mushrooms of the mycelium. Cause we were even talking about it yesterday, how much those conversations on Patreon inform 
all of the rest of our discussions, especially now, given that we're doing it full time and we're doing it um, so often, those groups and uh, just episodes and live streams and all of it, that it's just one sort of continuous conversation. And then the things that get posted sort of online publicly are what people see. And they're like, oh, that's Dualist Unity Podcast. But there's all of these things happening sort of under the ground in the in the episodes and in those con- or in the uh groups and and whatnot that informs all of that all of those shifts like we're able to get into so many things during the group chats that then sort of bloom as uh or fruit as the mushroom so it, it's funny in that way and just how how the growth sort of happens and how the between the podcast, like the listens, but also the Patreon growth and also, you know, discord growth and how it's just kind of like, we, we promote it and we're, I think do doing a better job of at least like putting it out there. At least I am, um, in general, like this is a thing, but it's not, it's not from the point of like, I don't know, doing a really, really hard sell with it all the time. Cause we're busy talking about stuff we're busy having the conversation so we mix in the the salesy side of it once in a while but that's not the uh that's never the focus and so it it will happen naturally as people come across it as people find it and uh realize what it is and and how much value there is in that but it's it's in part the responsibility falls on people like it's out there. It's been there. We, we talk about it, we bring it up and whatnot, but they have to be willing to, you know, look into it a bit. And I think that almost adds to the whole situation of it is that it is always going to be that two way street instead of us just, you know, constantly shoving it down your throat or something. (laughs) I like the imagery there. I really do because I've always said that you can't you can't change everything by trying to change everything you have to change everything from the foundation up right? we tend to look at the problems that we have in our society and we look at them from the outside and we go we gotta we gotta diminish that like we gotta shrink that problem but i look at it from the inside that, that the problem is coming from somewhere within and it's coming outward and we're dealing with the result of that problem and that's our mentality at the end of the day but if that's the case and again, looking back at, at Rome and, and beyond, and, and the fact that it just takes a fearful, judgmental, controlling, egotistical, identifying mentality long enough to spread if it's strong enough to do so. If you invest in that enough, you are going to spread that to people just by uh, taking advantage of their fear, right? You're going to see their fear. You're going to immediately resonate with it because you're afraid yourself, and you're going to end up bringing out more of their judgment like the uh, the lady at karaoke the other day, right? Going up to my wife, then coming to me and needing to tear me down, right? Just because they were afraid themselves. They're like, aha, I can see some insecurity. I got to take advantage of that. And it may not be conscious, but it definitely is a, reflection, a reflexive action based on the mentality that they embody. And so that mentality, strong enough in one person with the right opportunity can spread over thousands of years and take over cultures, take over cities, take over civilizations, take over entire ways of thought, just because it's violent and it doesn't fucking know, right? It's so determined to be in control. And fighting back against it, unfortunately, just grows it. 
And so the only thing we have left is to create another mentality that grows from within, that causes its own ripple, that creates a balance, that in fact disempowers the other mentality simply by pointing out its obvious flaws. Not by pointing them out deliberately, but by embodying the opposite to the point where it becomes obvious. Oh, shit. That's what's happening. But right now we don't have that. We have everybody who's committed to identity. Everybody's playing that game. And so there's nothing to compare to except some weird sense of Buddhist enlightenment. Right. And so it's like it's either um, an egotistical and I'm going to drive for my dreams, get money and get a career, do all that. Or I'm a monk on a mountaintop. That's not reasonable. Like by any means, like it's as, it's as bad as the entire idea of Jesus. Like it really puts that reality of connection to God out of reach for everyone just by putting it up on a pedestal, putting it up on a shelf, and making it look pretty, right? So I think it's just the conversation of being free. I think that's all it is, just being free in yourself. It's not about being anything other than just recognizing all of that stuff, recognizing the ego, the identity, the stuff that we get sucked into and just not buying into it as truth. In that freedom, in that enthusiasm, different ripples, right? Now I'm not looking for what you're afraid of. Now I'm looking for your faith. Now I'm looking for your successes. Now I'm looking for the things in you that are reflective of your potential because that's what I see in myself. It's not even deliberate. And we start a ripple. And then you start a ripple. And somebody else starts a ripple. And over enough time, we can take over civilizations and societies and cities and everything just by being ourselves. There's no difference. It just comes down to that what I was saying originally. How committed are you to that mentality? A lot of people are super committed to their fear. How committed to you are how committed are you to your freedom? Yeah, cuz that's that's what shifts all of this like and I like that you brought up it's either in our society it's either like egotistical need desire blah 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 or this idea of you know buddhist enlightenment and it's like those are our two options and neither ever really sounds that great you know that's that's the whole when i was reading power of now and stuff and watching a bunch of eckhart tolle stuff it's like that whole thing wasn't that appealing to me so it kind of it kind of cuts you off before you even try to because like we're only seeing those two options we don't even realize there's a way you can kind of have the best of both like you don't have to be that monk on the mountaintop but you can still feel the same amount of freedom that they may feel and even more because you're not trying to be some sort of character you're not trying to be live up to some ideology that you were told that you're supposed to be but then on the flip side you don't have to have the fear when you're super caught up in the idea of yourself and everything that comes with that. And so it's kind of this middle ground that understands both and realizes that neither are the answer, but both provide you with that false certainty of like doing the right thing or, or having something to point to and be like, okay, I'm this. But then there's the, the other side, the narrow path traveled by few that doesn't need to cling to an idea and through that, you know, sort of counterintuitive approach of letting go of needing to be anything, you can start to see yourself in everything and you can start to be everything 
through that lack of idea, not through the idea of being everything or trying to be everything. It's just through letting go of the need to be anything or everything. And, and that's all this conversation comes down to is it's not about you know one side of the spectrum or the other because trying to find enlightenment is going to put you in the same trap as super egotistical side of things of striving and and needing and fearing and wanting and and all that stuff and there's there's another option that people it's almost like people just haven't been aware of for for a very long time and it's like once you're aware of it you can see oh there's there's something here there's people talking about this oh wow the other two never really felt like they uh they hit home in the same way but there's there's another side which is freedom because neither of those are freedom getting caught up in the the enlightened guru side of things is not freedom at all like it we we have this imagery of it being a sort of free state but there's so many rules to it like you have to do a certain thing act a certain way talk a certain way and that's freedom as if freedom has these uh prerequisites that you have to act in a certain way or, or be a certain way and it's like no freedom is the the letting go of all of those certain ways just being what you've always been not needing to be anything so interesting something you said there that you know it's like there's an option that we're not aware of and and it really made me think because as we've said before, there have been numerous people who have tried to say this. And unfortunately, some of those people ended up having a religion created out of them, but there have been many, many others. And a lot of them ended up either in an insane asylum or, or being kicked out of their city entirely. Um, there's a, a Greek philosopher, actually, it's funny, he was, uh, he was banned from his city and his response was, I hereby sentence you to being stuck in this city. That's how he looked at it. I thought that was just fantastic. So, but he was always looked at as, as just, you know, a crazy person. And many of us have been looked at as crazy people for having this perspective that we're all one, that we're not what we think, that there's, you know, in knowing that I know nothing, I know more than you do, you know, that kind of thing. It's not like it hasn't been said, but I think the problem is it either, it hasn't been said with enough of an awareness for the environment that it was being said within. And so it's not being said with enough patience, one, and enough sensitivity to. It's like, we see the truth. And how often do you see this, especially with younger people who hit mushrooms for the first time? They're like, it's so easy. I've had an ego death. And they're out there just telling everybody what is, right? Well, that is kind of the problem to some degree, because as much as that's great, there's a lot of people who aren't going to understand where you're coming from. And you're given the whole message. Unfortunately, not a bad name, but you're giving them an excuse to give it a bad name because they're judging you and not what you're saying. And it's because of your presentation. And I say this after a lifetime of experience. I understand the process. I get that. But I guess what I'm saying is that I was fumbling in the dark when I woke up in a world that I'm just like, we can change this. And I've gone through some shit. I just want to say that whole path took me back and forth out of the dragon's cave. Okay. It was a hell of a journey. And what I've learned over that time is that there is no dragon. It's just us. And, and so 
we have to approach it that way. But that means, again, sensitivity and being reasonable and understanding and empathetic and seeing the entire journey. And so it's not about out there trying to change the world. It really is just about being the world and showing empathy. And, and so the reason I'm so excited about dualistic unity, this conversation, the, the community that we have, even just talking to you, Andrew, is that all of that experience that I've had in burning bridges and burning myself in the process, I get to pass on, I get to share and communicate to everybody who might want to listen to it and say, hey, you don't need to do that to the same degree. Hey, if you're gonna do that, watch out for this. And oh, hey, did you see this scar tissue? That, that kind of thing from my own experiences, right? Like it's, I find it invaluable to be able to do that because I never had that. But if we're all doing that, because it's not just me out here, you have your own experience. Everybody else has their own experience. We've all gone through things. And so this conversation we're having is teaching us sensitivity as well. It's teaching us more about the context that we're within. And that is changing our impact on the whole. We are learning to pitch this differently. The presentation is different. And as we come together, because the presentation isn't so abrasive, the presentation evolves. And we are ultimately presenting something to ourselves. And so it really is just about allowing ourselves to have the sensitivity to see how to do that right or how to do that in the most effective way. I find that really exciting that this is a much larger process than we tend to look at. Yeah, I think, I think even just keeping that in mind, the uh, sensitivity to things definitely helps because I think when you first start recognizing some of these things and, and start understanding like that example you gave someone, you know, a kid has mushrooms and they're just like, I'm so clear. Like I, it, it, this is what it is. And just, you just listen to this. It's fine. But they're coming at it from their perspective, from their experiences. And they don't, they don't understand the weight of the experience of being caught up in the idea of yourself and how much pull that has like it's not just something you you drop overnight it's like you know pee in your pants <laughs> you've spent your whole life avoiding pee in your pants you spent your whole life avoiding the recognition that you're not what you think you are so someone coming around being like you know you can pee your pants like yeah but i don't want to because that's uncomfortable and and i've spent my whole life trying not to and now you're saying that i I can, and I'm actually going to feel more free if I stop holding it in. And uh, it's like, I like the, uh, I like the example a lot, but for that, for the comparison of like peeing your pants and being free, I feel like it, it kind of starts to fall off a bit in a sense. Um, Cause most people are just like, what the fuck you're, I don't want to, I don't want to pee my pants. But I think, I think for those who know where we're coming from and, and know from yesterday's chat, what, uh, what we were saying, um, understand the reference, but realizing that you can have patience with it and like, it's okay to have a sensitivity to it. You're not doing, you're not failing yourself through doing that. I think a lot of people will get caught up in that too. Like, oh, if I'm not being super clear and I'm just speaking from my own experience. When I say people feel like that, I'm saying I feel like that because i very much get caught up in like, you know, it's can be fucking obvious, but there's a lot in the way of that. And so, and, and part of me does get caught up in thinking, okay, if I'm not clear, if I say something, that's not quite it. 
like I'm doing myself a disservice. I'm, I'm doing people a disservice because it's like, yeah, it's half in half out, but that you have to understand that the people, if you just go, cause I start videos out sometimes and it's, there's nothing wrong with it being like, I'm literally you and here's why. And, you know, give a pretty, I think a pretty logical explanation with like three reasons breaking down that you're not what you think you are, blah, 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 blah. Beyond that, there's, you know, division is conceptual and whatever I, I went into in those types of videos. And so like those, I'm like, okay, this is, this is like clear. This is, there's no, um, there's no like things I'm kind of holding back in that, you know, versus if I say a video, like a lot of my old videos were more along the lines of like, don't forget you're going to die. Like you're caught up in worrying about this person and you know, you could be gone tomorrow. And then is it really going to matter so much? Cause that sort of mentality helped me for a very long time. And now I, I, say thing i'll say something like that and it just feels weird because i know there's no death but there's a there's a sort of depth to that where if you tell someone like oh there's nothing to fear with death because like you never actually die that's like jumping ahead or, or like peeling back five things at once and then rather than them taking on the responsibility of digging into that and being like okay you say there's no death like what does that mean they're just going to be like fuck off. I'm not even going to pay any attention to that. And I'm not saying I'm obviously making assumptions here. I'm not saying everyone does that, but in general, if someone isn't a, at a place to recognize that, like jumping ahead to that point is going to be beneficial for some in certain ways and not for others. So I guess having that, I don't know, having the sensitivity and the patience of not needing to make every message crystal clear with no like i don't know not false statements but like half truths almost is uh you can you can kind of let that go to a point to uh get the message across in a way and i'm even i'm just talking through my own thought processes with this because i go back and forth with this all the time but understanding that you can you can say things in a way that that kind of involve more people or less people, less more of a mentality, a broader mentality or a smaller mentality. There's nothing right or wrong with either, but you do sort of build a sensitivity and a lack of um, I don't know, concern in yourself. Cause like for me, it's always self-judgment when I say something that's like not crystal fucking clear and i'm like okay that's not quite it and i like feel weird about it but i don't know it's like a balancing act because you also don't want to give half truths and recognize the responsibility on them as well and understand that you know less broad messages are going to have fewer people who get it but they're going to it's going to hit home differently so i don't even know if i have a <laughs> an answer to any of this that's just uh, a bunch of back and forths i guess <laughs> but that's that's the point the point is the back and forth thing it's not settling on anything because the back and forth thing is the development of sensitivity see we're, what we're talking about are all the considerations like what you're saying is absolutely true that if you hit somebody over the head with some giant 
giant insight or concept, and it's not something that they can reconcile to their current worldview, they're going to run away. But what if you do that same thing in a tone that's playful, not really that serious, you kind of just throw it out there. You still throw it out there, but you throw it out there under different context with a different tone, with a different intention, not even expecting it to land, but just because it kind of, it's kind of funny to you. Well, there's a possibility that person might not take the same offense. They, they may not put the same shield up. Something might get through, right? Or maybe not, maybe not at all. In which case, the other argument is, does it matter what you say? Because some people, they're determined not to hear you regardless. They're determined not to move. It could be just something as simple as, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about that person judging you like that. And they will not listen to you. It doesn't matter how you present it, how you bring it across. They are just exercising their right to stagnate. Right? In which case, are you wasting your time even trying to soften your approach? Or does the softening your, of your approach organically over time change how you interact with people moving forward? And there's nothing you can do about that except to, again, drag your face across a couple of walls until you start realizing they're there and you start to treat things a little bit more sensitively. Right? But even then, that's not about the point that you're making. It's about the person you are. So you see, there's all of this back and forth thing, right? And there's all of this question of, but what about my state of mind? Like, how does that affect things? Because I'll tell you, and people who practice this or, or practice letting go who they think they are, recognize this all the time. You go out into the world without all of the assumptions of what your day is going to be, and it ends up being something radically different. But you can make almost every day identical just by holding on to your perception of everything. Right? So what's the possibilities there? Exactly how much influence do we have? Can we have? Are we having when we get out of the way and enjoy our existence without having to narrate all of it or measure its value? Is that in itself something that dissolves the walls? Yesterday, we were talking about it in terms of uh, kind of a change of state that, you know, everybody is like an ice cube when they're rigid and they're afraid. And we are very much like warm water moving through a field of ice cubes. But the warmth comes from us recognizing that we are the entire field, which helps the other ice cubes have the opportunity to melt. And it's only in getting caught up in their perceptions that we start to freeze and turn into ice again ourselves. But we're always having an effect. And the warmth is the recognition of what is, of you. So it becomes quite an interesting journey with a lot of questions, but the back and forth thing, I guess, is what I'm saying is a good thing. Let your brain do it. You don't need to do it. It's going to do it for you anyway. Uh, yeah, my my brain does plenty of back and forth, <laughs> especially with uh, with insights, just like the wrestling of, you know, getting the message across the egotistical side of me, wanting it to be a broader more broadly recognized but then the, the other side of me being like but you don't you don't need that and then the other side being like it's on them anyway and so like there's a responsibility there and then a side of me is like okay this could be clearer and then that that other side's like yeah but it even if it is clearer it doesn't mean that they're gonna resonate with it because they're gonna hear what they want to hear or, or what they're willing to hear so you don't have to spend so much time trying to clarify it so much 
And so, yeah, that's that's just my mind. Like fucking, <laughs> I'm sure I'm I'm certainly not alone in that, and and both in video content creation and just lots of things in life. Um, but it's getting it gets lighter the less seriously I take myself, the less caught up I get in that. Is like, okay, yeah, I could go back and forth fucking forever, but I don't have to, and I can just settle upon one, and that's the. Uh, the arriving that we've talked about in the past is like, yeah, you could keep going back and forth or you could, you know, whichever one you're swinging on, you could just be like, okay, I'm going to do that. Fuck it. We're going to find out and uh, see where this one, see where this one goes. And that's what I'm getting better about is just because it's not even, it's like having, you know, having sensitivity to the approach, but not so much that it paralyzes you because you can think about the sensitivity so much or like have so much patience that like you don't do anything and that's not what it's about either it's about doing things and maintaining a degree of sensitivity a degree of patience but understanding that those can be traps too like everything when taken far enough can be a trap as well you know be it patient i'm, I'm being so patient that you're just like fucking don't do anything and sit on your thumb all day like, okay, that's uh that's a degree of it, but you can also do shit. And it's just kind of allowing that pendulum to swing and just as it gets to a point, you're like, all right, fuck it. We're gonna we're gonna hit it with this part of the pendulum. But uh yeah, I think it's it's recognizing that it doesn't have to hinder you, it can just inform you as you keep fucking like walking. But you know, the hindrance comes when you feel like it it stops you. And you're like, I don't know what to do. It's like, fucking do something. At this point, it's better to do something with a little bit less sensitivity and a little bit less patience than than do nothing because that will uh, inform the next few steps that you take. That's really interesting because if you think about it, the reason that you're having problems with the patience and the sensitivity is because it's patient, patience and sensitivity for others. And that changes exactly what you're doing. Um, whereas, so I, I'm at the point now where admittedly i so i know myself well enough and by i know myself well enough i mean i have sensitivity for the directions i'm likely going to go in from moment to moment to moment not always because i'm also aware of my, my spontaneous side um but i know my intentions are never to self-validate i'm not looking for people to to you know raise my value i'm not looking to lower anybody else's value i really have no in, ill intent or malice in any way shape or form and so i don't really think about it much anymore and so i say things just because just because uh yesterday we had somebody swing by the house and on their way out of the house i had never met this person understand i had, had about five minute conversation with them total but they knew my wife and they were leaving the house and they gave my wife a hug and they kind of looked at me and there was that awkward moment of like do i hug you or not and i was just like you know great to meet you i look forward to one day being close enough as, as your friend to give you a hug. And you could totally see the look of confusion on their face. Like, is that, what? What does that mean? Is that creepy? Are you being friendly? I'm not sure how to take that. And they left with that, you know, lack of uh, certainty as to where I was coming from. Now I know me, I know my face. I know the way I, I bring things across. I know my intentions and whatnot. I just find that fucking hilarious. Like I find that really funny because again, the back and forth thing is important. So 
if people are used to being suspicious and afraid, even if your intentions aren't that, even if it's clear that you're not that, they're still going to get the urge to look at you that way, right? That has nothing to do with you. So let them go back and forth. If you know your intentions, that's really fine. They're gonna do it anyway. Why worry about it? This is something that's important for people. You don't have to sell them on who you are. Just be who you are, right? If they're gonna buy, they're gonna buy, as it were, right? But it doesn't matter and you're saving yourself time. Like the reason I come across like this to people is frankly, because if they're afraid, I'm saving myself time. Because they're too afraid to listen to me if they're too afraid to have me just relaxed. So to me, that just makes sense. All right, you're afraid of me here? This probably isn't gonna get better for you. And, and that's okay. And if you decide you're not afraid of me, then this is gonna be a blast because you're gonna realize that you can do whatever the hell you want. And I'm not gonna take it personally or seriously. So it's a doorway, it's an opportunity. And it exists simply because you're being yourself. But there's some power in this. I've talked about this before. Uh, when I had first started my web design and marketing business in the last city that I lived in, I moved there with no clients whatsoever and I hit the ground running. I was literally cold calling businesses and, and saying like, you know, this is, this is your current ranking and this is how your website's performing, so on and so forth. Let's, let's have a meeting and I, I can help you with that. And so I, I didn't get a lot of bites. Nobody, nobody enjoys cold calls ever. Um, but as soon as I had them on the phone, if they were willing to listen, typically I'd end up, you know, going to have a coffee with them at the very least. And I ended up getting quite a few clients within that first week. But I remember very distinctly one client, and we're still friends to this day. We started shooting the breeze. We weren't even talking about work for the most part. Like we weren't even talking about his business or anything else. It was just about life and, and, and being yourself and having a good time and, and, and not doubting yourself. And then we got to talk about business and talked about how I could help him. And he's like, yep, done, shook my hand. And he left. <laughs> And then later that day, I get this panicked kind of phone call going, uh, I, I don't know what, what I got into me there. I, I, you know, this world of business after all. And then we got to have like a signed contract with certain guarantees and all that. And it was just because he had gotten so comfortable just chatting with somebody who wasn't looking for anything from them. Even if I was there trying to make a sale, I wasn't banking on making the sale. I try to make the most of every conversation because I always look at it as an opportunity to connect and learn, right? So there's power in that. There's power in just being yourself. People, if they are willing, will let down their walls because you don't have any up. Not always. And you have to be willing to understand that. Like being vulnerable is a kind of strength. You're going into the world with your walls down. That takes a kind of strength. But you do have that strength. Don't doubt that. Yeah, and, and that's where I think the, uh, the faith in yourself comes in because for so long we spend <clears throat> trying to rely on certain tactics and, and whatnot to do that, to have that sort of a uh, connection and, and, and faith in yourself through like through the other person as well, that they'll, uh, they'll see you for what you are and, and through seeing them for what they are, it makes it easier. Like, as much as you can have no walls, seeing them without walls, no matter how they see themselves, will allow them to see that as an option as well. And just that level of comfort will always lead to something. And it's not going to be necessarily what you went in thinking that it was going to be, but it'll it'll be something. And And who's to say that isn't what's best for the situation relative to what you thought 
it was going to be. And so I guess, I don't know, this kind of brings up something I was, I was curious about. And we talk about this all the time, like the, the recognition of unity and, and being in it and then being caught up in, in yourself to a degree. So I'm just curious, like, cause I've had, I'm curious about your experience with this and, and just like that perspective. Cause I'll have throughout the day, my perspective will shift from literally being the people that I'm talking to and like having no sense of, of me just like being the situation, seeing myself in them, seeing how cool it is that I can interact with myself and they have, you know, different responses. And then that'll like, completely go away for a period of time and it's like i know that there's no better situation to be in because sometimes when it's so peeled back and i'm i'm seeing them as me that's a very new experience for me and so it's like something i'm getting more used to being in it's kind of like staring at the void in a way um but i'm curious in your experience like how much that sort of fluctuates. And I think this, this is kind of along the lines of what that person was asking yesterday about, you know, how much of your day do you spend in your, in your ego versus not? And it's, it's, it's like that, but it's not. And I know, you know what I'm talking about, but it's like, there are times throughout the day where it's like crystal clear and I am seeing myself in them. And it's like, I don't get concerned because there's there's no concern in that, but it's just like getting used to interacting in that way. Whereas when you're caught up in in your idea of you and, and perceiving you know hard and fast division, like that's that's what you're used to. That's how you spent your whole life. But there's lots of things that come with that, you know, concerns, fears, worries, whatever, or at least more of that. Um, and so I'm just finding myself going back and forth between those a lot and they do inform each other um like being able to bring the lack of concern into perceiving more division and then recognizing that the lack of perception of division is no different than perceiving division it's just there's less concern with it so i don't know i'm just uh curious about your experience with that and like how often you go back and forth and and how long if if that's been just something you've been going back and forth with since that day you woke up basically. Oh, for sure. It's so interesting. Cause you know, the going back and forth again, it's, it's necessary, but it's, it's, it's the evolution of another mentality. Like in the same way that when we were kids, for example, we were teenagers and we had an idea of what it was to be an adult and we didn't know we had an idea of what it was to be an adult. And then as we do more adult like things, we'd get more of an idea of, oh, that's not what I thought it was at all, right? And then we go back and forth to our old childish mentality. And then, oh, I'm doing adult-like things, childish mentality, adult-like things. And eventually we just became adults. And, and it's because we just had to keep doing adult-like things, but our mentality changed. You see, we, all of a sudden the idea of adulthood disappeared. The reality of adulthood settled in, but it took the going back and forth for that to happen, right? To recognize that there really isn't too much of a difference except the level of responsibility. So for me, going back to your question, um, it's not that it ever stops. 
It's that, and you said this perfectly, it's that one side informs the other. So, so what I mean is that those deep moments of recognizing that you're everything and everyone is you, they hit you and they seem so deep because of the contrast to where you are the rest of the time. Once you start recognizing there's no difference between the two and that's it. Like there's no difference between childhood you and adult you and adult you except the concept in between and the level of responsibility. That's the same transition you're in right now. And now you're looking at a different version of adulthood. Now you're doing adult things, but it's divine things. And then you're coming back to being childish or human. And so you're going through the same transition point of understanding there's no difference. But the gap that's created by the concept is creating that distortion. It's making that back and forth. Right? So that's kind of it. So for me, going back to your question, um, it's impossible to answer. And, and the reason is, is because while I still have those moments of this is all me, they're, they're often like almost all the time, but I'm not as like <gasps> about it. It's becoming kind of commonplace. Let's just say like it, it's, it's obvious, as you said before. And on the other hand, I never get so caught up in Ray that there's that gap back to the other one. So the oscillation has narrowed, is what I'm saying. It's not that I didn't go back and forth, but there's less contrast between the two because they're just not as far apart. I don't know if that answers your question. That's the best I've got. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think I think it's, it's interesting because uh, even thinking back to that, I've talked about it before, like after I recognize that I'm not, like Andrew isn't the reality of me or the extent of me. Like those next two weeks, I felt like I was just walking on like six inches off the ground. And and it's it's just because of how stark of a difference that was. And so now, like I'm way more free. You, you listen to me talk a year and a half ago versus talk now. Like it's obvious that I'm more free now. And yet thinking about right now versus then like I have the perception that I, I felt more free then, but it was very obvious that I didn't. It was just such, it was like the, the contrast between the two was so stark that it, it almost sends you into this, this state of like, oh my God, this is, this is insane. This is incredible. But it's interesting to think now to recognize that I've gotten way deeper into things since then and and let go of so much more since then but it, it's like it's become more commonplace it's 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 become more closer to the norm and so the fluctuations like if you think about you know back then it was like the week before when i was suffering a bunch i was like way on this end of the spectrum to to the flip side of it felt like it was here but as that it's like as that suffering comes closer to center like that isn't doesn't hit as much like that perception it's ah, it makes you wonder if if it it's not always moving like this if this is going deeper into things like it's moving like that but because of the the lack of stark difference because you're not all the way over here anymore. It feels like you're going like this almost, but it's just your perception, like that relative perception that we hold on to. Like we're moving 
the spectrum is is always the equal distance apart to the point where you're not suffering nearly as much and you're way deeper. But because that is now you don't have the contrast anymore, it feels like closer to your just like you know, normal, quote unquote, normal day to day experience. But really, you're you're deeper. There just isn't that extreme difference anymore. And so because on the flip side of recognizing myself and other people, like when I do get caught up in shit, it's way quicker. It's like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just thinking about myself. And it's like, boom, like I, I and <clears throat> it's interesting. Cause like, as much as that happens, it doesn't mean that it's always super easy. Like I can recognize it. And there's like, I still feel a weight from something to a degree. And, and I find that interesting. Like I can, I can conceptually see it and be like, Oh, that's, that's what it is. Like, Oh, it's the nail, you know, the nail in, uh, in my head. But then there's still, even after recognizing that there still can be a weight to a point. And, uh, but it's just way less frequent. Like it doesn't last as long, but there are still, things yeah it's like still getting caught up in the in the idea of me to a point but uh i guess there's just there's so many things kind of pushing that narrative and pulling us towards that that sometimes you can get caught up in it but uh yeah anyway that's good that's really good um i just wanted to say that of course the nice thing about this is that there are because they're two different environments. Like we talk about the two different ends of the spectrum, but they are very much two different environments entirely, right? And so you could look at the one end of the spectrum, say identity. Let's just imagine that you are uh, a flying insect, okay? And you have the ability to fly, but identity is there and it's a web. And the more time you spend in identity, the more tangled you get. And the harder it is to get out of identity, you keep getting stuck by all these webs that you've been entangled in for time, right? or for a long time. Every once in a while though, you snack, you get one free and you can, you can take off a little bit, but you're still getting pulled back into the web. So the process we are, that we're in is slowly disentangling the web so we can get more lift, so we can get a little bit higher, right? So we can get into an entirely different world. We can fly as opposed to being stuck. So you see the contrast? And so the, the exercise that we're in is slowly untangling the web and building up our strength so we can fly even higher each and every time. Now, eventually as we fly higher, we start to recognize you know, the web really isn't that bad. It gives me a place to land. My problem is I keep getting tangled in it. It's the only problem is I keep getting into it too deep. And as soon as I can, as soon as I do that, I lose all of my ability to fly. And so it comes down to recognizing the nature of both sides recognizing that neither one is good nor bad because while the web might tangle you it also gives you a feeling of safety it also gives you a feeling of security whereas flight is absolutely just risk right total faith different environments entirely right but that all said it's also important to remember that just like with the web you can work on that web disentangle yourself and and not recognize that you can now fly higher and so i'm going to say this to you especially andrew there are going to be moments where you're just like, yeah, yeah, I've got this, this unity thing. And then you're just going to fucking 
leapfrog ahead to another giant insight and you're going to be caught going back and forth to the web right and it's just because that's that's the point it's that big like you're just going to continue to go through the process i am all the time it's just that again i'm not so like <gasps> not a, not as often i'll say that not as often i still have those moments and i love them because the the more you see the more you see but the more you see the less stark of that contrast is like you'll see more but you've already seen that and and you it's almost like sometimes i'll conceptually see it for a while and then i'll like actually see it for a while like i'll see the reality of it whereas before it was like there wasn't even the conceptual sight of it through seeing the reality of it on different degrees to a point so once you see it the reality of it to certain degrees or peel back certain layers of that then it's like the conceptual is there so then when you come across it another layer a deeper depth to it it's like oh my god there's there's more but you knew there was more and you also understood it conceptually it just hadn't hit you in the face like that before so it's not that extreme like oh my god i didn't know this was a thing like i i recognized that there was a good chance that this was the thing i knew there was more depth to this i just didn't know what it was so now it's hitting in the face but you knew that something was there you just didn't know what it was as opposed to not recognizing that anything was there and so i think that's that's why the uh the insights and and the deeper you go it's not like that crazy jarring thing but everything leading up to that has sort of stabilized that recognition and and like given stabilization to the uncertainty in a way like you know that the uncertainty is coming and there's more uncertainty to be peeled back but just through knowing that there is just through knowing that there isn't an end point through knowing that that there is infinite depth to that like it's not so so crazy when it gets deeper anymore because for so long you didn't know and then initially you think like oh i've i've seen it this is this is it and then like oh, bro there's like a a bajillion more layers to get through but at least you're sort of like on the other side to know that it's a thing. And then as you get deeper, it's like, oh, okay. Anything I settle on isn't going to be it. But knowing that allows you to almost informs the next few steps and allows you to, to take those without so much fear. Cause you've, I don't know, gotten your sort of balance on the, the first few recognitions. So as you go, like gets not easier but a little bit more a little easier to digest each and every time absolutely which is why we always recommend to people that they go through dualistic unity in order that they watch season one and then season two and they work their way through it and the reason is because it's it's built like that it's scaffolding it's meant to be you know steps towards more insight but giving you the application where you can ground yourself. Like for example, at the retreat, Andrew, you got such a stark look in, into the reality of, of what is, 
How do you think you would have fared had we never had the conversations that led up to that? Yeah, probably, probably not super well. Because as stark as that was, as much as it was like, holy fucking shit, it's also like we've talked about this for, for a while. So I didn't know it was that, but I knew there was something. And, and so I could almost look back on all those things being like, oh, so this is what it was. And it wasn't that I was settling upon an idea of what it was, but I sort of was. And then I saw it for what it actually was. And it was like, oh, wow. Okay. So there's a lot. There's a lot there. And, and it's like even just seeing that there's a lot there takes uh, like both allows for that patience and sensitivity more easily, but also sort of takes the weight off of the concern for what it is. Like once you see it in that way, you recognize how much depth there is to it, but that there's no rush to getting anywhere because there's no endpoint to that. So you just are allowing it to unfold as you go. And that's another reason why it's important not to rush that because when you're rushing it, you think there is an endpoint. So you're trying to get there and you're like passing by certain insights being like, okay, yeah, 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 whatever. And then you keep going and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper or, or try to, but it's all, it's all conceptual. And then you get smacked in the face with, you know, closer to the reality of it. And you get knocked on your ass a little bit because you were rushing through everything, trying to get to, to the end point or trying to get deeper or see things deeper. And it's like, there's no, there's nothing better about seeing it deeper. It's just, it's, it's just part of the process. But if you don't have the sensitivity, if you don't build the base or the sensitivity as you go, like that, that depth that you're wanting to see so badly is going to fucking put you to work. Like you're going to be going through the ringer. And that's what scares a lot of people is that raw uncertainty and discomfort. Cause it's not, you know, you're not better for seeing anything deeper. It's just like, it's almost like when you're ready to handle it, it'll, it'll rise appropriately, but we're at the same time, like so powerful that we can, we can almost try and rush it and then it'll inform us appropriately. Like stop fucking rushing it. There's a lot here. Cause then you're like freak out. And then a lot of that sends a lot of people running in the opposite direction. So it's always going to be appropriate to, uh, to where you're at. Though. Nicely said, nicely said. Yeah. And it really is just the little, it's the little things we do that either stagnate us or they push us too far ahead beyond, beyond our time. Right. Like, just this is why I, I tend to worry about people when they start talking about, you know, the concept of God or, or, or spirituality or enlightenment or chakras or astrology or any of that stuff. Cause it's like, well, that's all super interesting. It doesn't really make any sense whatsoever until you recognize your role in all this. Right. Until you start to recognize how fundamental you are to everything, all of that stuff just kind of distracts and takes you away from the recognition. And then later on, if you do have a moment of recognition, you kind of look at all of that and go, oh, God, like, I see where, it, uh, oh, and it's, you see where it's coming from, but you also see where the trapping was. And the trapping was, is that you were trying to see the concept of unity or you're trying to see the concept of connection instead of being 
the recognition of connection. It's a totally different journey, right? But yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting because over time, it really is just the process of growth, which is why I keep coming back to this analogy of like the child to the adult, right? And the adult to the divine. But the adult to the divine also includes all of the other people who are on that path because it's the divine, right? So now all of a sudden the journey has changed. Now all of a sudden, all of us are in that together. This is one body evolving. This is one body going through the stages of development, just like you are, just like I am, just like anybody else is. We just have a tendency of thinking of it as I am and you are, instead of we are, or I are, however you'd like to put it. Yeah, and the, uh, the shift, as you said, like the shift in forms itself, because it goes from you and everyone else to you, just you, and everyone else acting, you know, appropriately to where they're at. And that was the insight I sort of had like a month ago. People aren't really people. They're, they're like embodiments of a mentality. And as much as we, you know, have free will, like we're being aggressively pushed and pulled by reality at the same time, by the reality of you at the same time. And so, but at, on the flip side, we're so capable that we can, uh, we can think that we are what we think we are, and that can lead to a lot of distortion from that flow of reality. Like, it's even fucking insane that we can get out of the flow or that we can feel like we're out of the flow like that is powerful when you always are in it like you're always in it and and you can actually cre not create but shift an environment so much that you're thinking that you're not and and get so out of line with the flow of it, but like, it's still the flow, but our perception is so strong that we can think that things should be different than they are. And it's just letting go of that. Like, as soon as you drop that, like things are, as they are, this is the flow. This is still the flow. Like you're back sort of closer to it. But as long as you maintain that idea that you're not in it, it's like that veil of distortion that can, uh, that can take you out of it. And so being in it and recognizing that you're in it is, has a lot of depth to it as well, but just recognizing that you're in it, it's like, that's like the first step. It's like recognizing there's no place that you should be other than where you're at. It's like, that's awesome. That's step one. And then you can start digging deeper into that, or, or at least allow yourself to start digging into that until then you can't because you're trying to get somewhere else you're you're trying to run away from the depth of that recognition it's interesting right i remember uh i think i put an article that i wrote back in like 2006 or 2007 on patreon at one point you can look at look for those on patreon and by the way if you just click on the hashtag articles um might have been a video too anyway i was talking about ultimately the only real path in reality, um, which is unity, which is ever present, can't be escaped, always gonna be pretty much everything, to the perception of division. 
as far into that perception as possible. That is the only fucking path. Unity to the perception of duality back again without ever having left or changed at all. It's just the subjective experience. And we are all part of that massive fucking pendulum. Individually, we are that pendulum. Collectively, we are that pendulum. Individually in your lifetime, you see the full swing if you'd like to. Collectively, over thousands of lifetimes, we see the full swing. And so that's where we are. We're in the pendulum between recognizing what has always been or in denial of what has always been. I'd rather reign in hell than serve in heaven. It's not like we haven't said this for a long time, right? It's there. It's just that we don't recognize that it's a swinging pendulum. But that swinging pendulum is either influenced or influencing us one way or another because it's the same thing. That's the paradox. So you deciding to let go of the perception that you're divided is part of the larger pendulum. Question is, how many other people are doing that? Because that's also part of the larger pendulum, which is why I get so excited by dualistic unity, because I have never seen so many people willingly looking at what this is and going, yeah, I can question that illusion. I'm willing to let, let down my judgment. I'm willing to let down my fear. I am willing to let go of my secrets and just be authentically myself. And that is the pendulum swinging. So the question is, is the pendulum swinging or are we swinging the pendulum? Both and neither. Problem with thinking of it as the pendulum is swinging is that you immediately start looking towards an outside ultimate intelligence that is doing the swinging instead of the fact that it's just the nature of this machine. It's the nature of our intelligence to go back and forth between the recognition and the denial of what is. Yeah, because you think about the pendulum swinging itself, if a lot of the pendulum doesn't recognize it's the pendulum, it's going to keep swinging regardless of with no influence of the pendulum, because most of the pendulum thinks it isn't it. But if some of the pendulum starts recognizing that it's the pendulum, then of course there's going to be influence over that swing. And, and so that's, I guess, what we're, what we're doing. Like, reality is that pendulum and it's just going to keep swinging back and forth and it makes you wonder just and i know this is just a analogy or example like of the pendulum swinging if it's always swinging kind of like evenly or because without preference if one side of the pendulum is the perception of division and one side of the pendulum is the recognition of unity like we're always evenly swinging back and forth or like if the pendulum starts to recognize it's the pendulum does it like stay closer to the side of the recognition of unity or does it just take it take the ride less lightly is it almost like the pendulum's weight goes from like being 100 pounds to being like 50 pounds but it keeps swinging and it's just not as because the perception of division, again, isn't a bad thing until we take it so seriously. It allows for the experience and the recognition of unity, like taken to a point, I, I want to say it could be less of experience, but it couldn't either. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm wrestling with this. This was a tough one. Yeah. This one's a tough one because 
on the side of, of, of duality, of division, you also have the perception of people. On the side of unity, you have the lessening of that perception of people, right? You have, almost have to take more responsibility as everything. And one has to wonder how much that actually swings the influence of all reality in itself. Because we've said before, this isn't physical. Like you and I keep talking about the swinging of the pendulum, like it involves all 8 billion people on this planet. But the fact is there's only one person on this planet and our birth and death rate goes up and down according to the symbolism of our mentality. So they're entirely two different, again, realities when we're talking about that swing of the pendulum, right? It's like the pendulum swinging on one side in duality and then on the other side, it just disappears into a black hole before swinging back into reality, right? And it, it's, it's the weirdest thing to try and conceptualize or communicate whatsoever because the one side of the pendulum cannot see or understand the other side to some degree, right? Because the perception of division cannot cannot conceptualize unity so the swing of the pendulum is the swing away from the concept so how do you describe that how do you even understand that outside of just going there so what you said about there being only one person on the planet like because there is or there's one i mean i guess <laughs> like through the perception of division there is and there isn't at the same time but just running with that like do you see the population growing relative to the rate of division that we perceive in a way that's what we've been watching yep okay yeah because that would that would make sense because mm, it's almost like the the egotistical accomplishments require people in the sense of like you know the the cog in a wheel like mentality like it needs workers and worker bees the system that needs to keep going needs more and that's the whole thing we were talking about yesterday with with growth and the need for for more growth and uh all of uh, all of that whole underlying mentality behind that right like I've met parents, for example, who have more kids because they define themselves as parents, because that's where they find their value is in being looked up to from children, rather than not needing to necessarily be self-validated. Like even something as simple as that, do you see how that adds to the birth rate? Or just fear, fear of not having someone to take care of you when you're older. Holy fucking shit, how many children have been born for that reason? Like that's all division and egotism, all of it. Throughout time, we used to have clan wars, man. Like we used to have children for the sake of just widening the clan. That's all division. All of this comes from a mentality of fear. Damn, it's it's crazy how much symbolism there is with that. Like the the need for more kids comes from so many different, I don't know, uh, insecurities in a way like it, it it adds to the feeling of security but there are repercussions to that obviously and i haven't watched uh so like green yet i'm gonna watch out tonight but i watched a trailer for it and yeah definitely uh excited to to look at that but it's fascinating how people don't recognize and that's that cognitive dissonance like <sighs> people talk about population and how we need more people. Like, what if we take that, let's take that to a, a far extreme. Let's say 50 billion. 
people. You keep saying we need more people. What if we, what if we five, six, seven exit from what we have right now? What do you think that's going to fucking look like? Like, what do you think the world is going to be like with 50 to 100 billion people? And like, how do people not even, like, it's so obvious they'll be fucked. Like, how do people not see? Won't happen in my lifetime. Hmm. Damn. We really don't give a fuck about next generations at all. Like, that's, that's, I guess, becoming more obvious to me, just the uh the idea of death it's like you don't give a fuck about anything to come no because i don't recognize that i am everything i don't recognize that you know the mess i'm leaving behind is for me i am so fearful of death that everything's about getting what i can now getting what i can now i never look beyond death because to me that's the end of me right and so, yeah, it changes everything. This is why, again, when you look at the uh, the original mentality here on uh, on Turtle Island or North America, uh, was looking seven generations in the future. Like, if we're going to make a decision that affects everybody, let's think about this. Let's think about what it's going to do seven generations from now. Holy shit! Like, that's that is responsible. I appreciate that. I really do. The deliberate, reasonable patience that you are taking to consider life as we know it. For generations, that sounds almost reasonable, doesn't it? And yet we don't think about that at all. What we think is, how much will this add to the economy next year? That is literally as far as we fucking look. Will this get me a pool in my backyard? And we have such short-sighted ambitions. Like It's so interesting to me that I'll walk through a city and my wife and I will be like, oh, you know, that's a nice house. And it's like, neck like a foot away from the house next to it a foot away from the house next to it and a foot away from the house next to it and maybe it's got this tiny little fenced in backyard and it's just so sad and fucking pathetic that this is what we fucking settle for is this little nice little cage that at least it looks nice on the inside has no privacy no freedom no room to express yourself looks the same as everybody else's fucking house and you don't even leave to talk to your neighbors how often do you go onto your yard despite how well manicured it might be like it's so ridiculous that we have this idea out of a fucking catalog of what we want to be in life and we get there and we're miserable we don't talk to anybody we have no sense of community but at least we have some children that we didn't connect with who might take care of us when we're old like it's it's all superficial it's all out of fear it's all just fucking this is a solution to this and we have no perspective whatsoever of what life is about which is why we cling to religion which is like well at least this if i die and there is a heaven at least this will hedge my bets now shallow and superficial is that shit like it's all superficiality over and over and over again and it's just because we lack depth yeah it really is just a hedge <laughs> heaven is a hedge that's funny but uh yeah it's fucked like i've been in uh i've been in neighborhoods where i've walked along like they've had sidewalks and i've walked along grass and been told like don't walk across the grass like what the fuck is this here for like jesus fucking christ it's like you're gonna ruin the grass it's like oh my god this is the most superficial thing ever like that that just right there as much as it's just like a little thing it's like it is and it isn't because that's pointing at the mentality of it. It's like that grass is there to look good because it means something about me because my lawn is well manicured. And if 
you know, if your neighbors doesn't cut their grass, it's like it's going to reduce the property value of the neighborhood. And it's like, holy fucking shit. We are really just uh, the most shallow fucking society ever. Like that is nuts. And we don't even question that. Like we don't even think that's not absurd. Like just wild that that's uh, what we've settled upon. And that's like, you know, people think that's peak society right there. It's like, what? It's wild, but that's that's the mentality that we're uh we're pushing and uh promoting and the lack of questioning just allows that to run rampant. And we don't even wonder if oh that is kind of that's kind of weird. That's just that's just earth right there. And I, I can't walk on it in case because they pay a bunch of money to keep it looking nice. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, golf courses. You want to get into this? I know you like golf. I don't mind golf as a sport. Does that mean that we should be taking up all of this beautiful fucking land for golf courses for rich people? No. Why not make them into parks? Why not make them available to people? Right? Why not? Oh, right. The rich. Got it. No problem. Right? I'm not against golf. I'm just saying that we can save land for more than just rich assholes dressed badly, right? Like we can just save big green spaces. This is something that I would love to do, especially in, in light of what's happening in my neighborhood at the moment. There was this uh, green space behind my place. It's been there for years. Nobody ever touched it. Rabbits, fucking all kinds of animal, animals go through there, deer, things like that. Sure, it's got like a bunch of like um, thorny thicket bushes and shit like that, but for animals, they're fucking happy. They're just like sweet land, you know, a place that we can live. And, you know, there's some quail, stuff like that. Sure enough, some developer went in there, just ripped it all out. They're just gutting it right now for no good fucking reason. I think they're building some storage places back there. For what? Because they couldn't build it a mile out where it's a little farther because the property value wouldn't have been as high. So they wouldn't have been able to make as much money. See, that's a consideration. Not the fact that that green space, one of the only ones in the neighborhood outside of a fucking golf course, was valuable to things other than human beings, which is valuable to human beings. Short-sighted. All the time. So this is why often when we talk about dualistic unity and our <laughs> ideas of what could happen in the future, good Lord, would I love to have the resources to, to just buy downtown green spaces and tell every developer to fuck right off because we can't. Yeah, the short-sightedness is fascinating. And because we're so caught up in ourselves and our idea of ourselves that like we couldn't even fathom not being short-sighted. Like a, a space like that that animals utilize and is probably very important to the ecosystem, we don't even consider. We're like, oh, I can no one this is cheap to buy. Okay. I'll buy that and I'll turn it into something I can make more money off because I don't feel free in myself. And I feel like I need all that stuff in order to validate myself and uh, feel better about myself. And there's not even the consideration like outside of profits, outside of short-term profits, there's no consideration for anything else. And even when there is, it's because of subsidies, it's because of profits, like no one's doing it because they recognize that they're it. 
like there that perception of divisions gotten so fucking strong that we just just do it because why not what 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 are the repercussions there's no repercussions to me in my lifetime so why wouldn't i do that like ah yeah yeah so short-sighted it's there are some people though there are some people who do go out of their way to make sure that things like this are are protected like uh, in the last city i lived in um they were starting to basically develop up this hill i'm not gonna say the city or the hill but basically you just see year by year just like row upon row upon row like they were just building and you could tell like they, they were just shearing off this mountain basically to make the, these new developments all of which looked again again alike so the thing that always gets me all these houses look alike but at the top of this hill somebody had owned the very top for like generations it was an old family property and so they basically made it so nobody could ever develop there they left it in trust to the city saying you can have this so long as no one ever develops here right that's awesome i think that's great uh there's somebody here in british columbia who uh inherited a whole crap ton of land um and what they did was they went through the effort of trying to seed that land back to the native community in the area they actually tried to give it back lo and behold you can't fucking do that the natives actually had an, ended up having to pay back taxes on the land in order to take it so that person went and fucking paid the taxes for them which is great but this is stuff that's possible these are things that we can do one of the reasons i live on vancouver island is quite frankly because most of it is untouched there aren't a lot of humans on this island, right? And that to me is a, a perfect foundation for our first foray into creating something that is sustainable, that has some reasonability, that has the resources to show what's possible so we can start duplicating it in other places, right? But right now there are so few green spaces that in order for us to get the resources to show people what we wanna do with those green spaces, we're gonna have to find one to start with. We're going to have to find one to start with and show that you can live in harmony with nature. You can find a balance. And it's not like nobody has. There are lots of communities that have a beautiful balance between humans and the green space that they inhabit. It's not impossible. It just means not being egotistical. It really does. It's all it comes down to is not having that whole, but mine mentality, because that's really it. But what about me? What about my property? What about my property line and my fence? And you've just stepped onto my lawn and blah, 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 blah. All that egotistical shit is what undermines us every time. It's not necessarily the city. It's the mentality that built the city and planned the city to not give you any fucking green spaces because frankly, it's not profitable. You see all that, all that we can do better. We can absolutely do better. But in order to do better, we have to say we're done with this. And we just have to come to the point where it's like, no, this is broken. We have to do something new. And we have to show people it's possible. And the reason we have to show people it's possible is because we need to see it's possible because we're a part of it becoming possible. So it's really just about enthusiasm nonetheless. And uh, even, even just that mentality of you know, if someone were to step on your property and you're like, get off my property, get off my lawn, whatever, there, there's almost this feeling like we can't let that go or else we're letting ourselves down. Like you can, you can let it go. You don't have to let that bother you. You can, you can let them walk across and 
and leave. And if, you know, if, if someone's actually being intrusive to it, like you can go out and just say like, you know, chat with them, let them know or whatever. But there's this immediate, almost like egotistical visceral reaction to someone doing something on or, or touching something that's, that's yours, that it's like your ego has to immediately defend it or else it's doing yourself a disservice in a way. It's like this weird sense of a uh, need. And, and I don't know, I, like, I remember that's very common with as a kid, as you're growing up into you know the idea of yourself, it's like, this is, this is mine. And then someone, someone takes your toy and it's like, you freak out because there's that attachment, but then you know, as you, as you grow up, you start to realize like, oh, it's not as important, but some people don't. And some people like have crazy reactions and it's not even like they have any, there's no sensitivity and there's no second guessing their emotional reaction. And so they just ride it. They're like, well, that's mine. It can't do that. It can't do that. And it's like, that's the the end of it. It's like, okay, but that's doing a lot of you're suffering a lot now, you know, you can let that go. Like they would rather hold on to that and hold on to the other person being wrong than letting both of them go and being okay. And like kind of taking some responsibility for their own reaction and their own internal state of mind. But like the ego has a very difficult time allow even allowing you to do that when, when you're so caught up in it. And again, like we're so far into this mentality that what we're talking about is fucking damn near impossible within that mentality. Like what we're saying is that, you know, you don't have to protect your property line. You watch your neighbor take over your property. You watch that fucker build his fence right onto your lawn just because you're not out there going, you can't fucking do that. Because we live amongst egos, because we live in an egotistical mentality, which is why we always feel the urge to defend ourselves because we're always being threatened. And we can't, just by virtue of changing ourselves, discount that. This is what we were saying at the beginning of the episode, right? There's a big transition that needs to happen. And I think a part of that is coming together, building that community, knowing your neighbors, sharing a mentality with your neighbors, sharing a common dialogue with your neighbors, actually getting to know these people and then coming together and living with people who you know aren't going to be like, well, that's my property line. because you've already connected, right? Like I think a big part of this is us coming together and connecting and finding places that we can build these communities or that we can take the opportunity where say a community is relatively empty and there's a bunch of people of common mentality that can go there. Well, that, that, that starts that, that's a, big, that's a big thing. I mean, there are literally places in the world right now that are paying people to move to them. There are towns that are paying people to move to that town just because the economy dried up or, or, or a bunch of people moved out because of something undercut, uh, undercutting the, uh, the market out there or something like that. It's not like these opportunities don't exist. There are lots of places that if a community of like-minded people who are moving past their own egotism, their own need to, to get their own, their own identity and all that wanted to come together and try to create the world that they envision as being part of this mentality, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. It's just that right now there's there haven't been enough of us having this conversation to even even think about the possibilities, frankly. And it's because 
of that neighbor who's going to take over your lawn if you stop protecting it. We feel defeated by that. We feel alone within that world. And we go, well, yeah, but I could change, but they're still going to do. And that's unfortunately true. But you're not the only one changing. There's a lot of us, way more than I ever thought. And that, that yields possibility. That really does lead us to a lot of new opportunities and new possibilities. And I'm very excited. But I think, again, as always, it's the foundational mentality. It's this conversation. It's us coming together. It's us recognizing that we are one that you are the whole fucking point. It's not about following. It's not about the cause. It's not about anything. It's about you being free and recognizing others who are free because they can appreciate you in the same way that you appreciate them. Yeah, and, and that's a big aspect, I think, is the, uh, the connection, the communication, because even thinking about neighbors that I, uh, that I don't know, like I got yelled at, um, maybe last year for walking my dog around the neighborhood without a leash. And like, there's not that many cars around and she wasn't even going in anyone's lawn, but there was someone out on their lawn. They were like, put your dog on a leash. Cause they were afraid that she was going to walk on their lawn. And like, she wasn't, she stays by my side pretty, pretty, uh, often she'll run off here and there, but you know, it's, it's like, it was so funny to me. I just kind of looked at him and then, and then kept walking and didn't do jack shit. Um, cause I knew they weren't going to do jack shit about it. They were just going to yell at me from like, you know, a hundred yards into their lawn. It's like just absurd, but that's only possible if you don't know each other. Like there's such a, uh, such a fascinating sort of cutoff between someone you quote unquote know and someone you don't know and i've thought about this before like what knowing someone even entails it's like you know their name you know a little bit about their story or their character and yet there's there's such a distinction between that and someone you don't know and the, the only difference could be just one or two interactions and i've had friends who it's like you know we interact a few times get along super well and it's like then all of a sudden very quickly become very good friends and without that initial interaction could have been complete strangers. And, and there's, I don't know. I just found it fascinating. Like, Oh, I know that person, even that statement I find funny. It's like, I mean, you don't really, but you know, you, you have been able to create an idea of them through enough interactions almost is, is what it, and you know, their name is what it comes down to, but we're, we're willing to treat someone so significantly differently based on whether we know them or not, especially, you know, if we look a lot different from them, people will act so different towards someone who not only do they not know, but, you know, they're from another country or, or look a lot different from them. It's like the, the further you are from being rec being able to recognize like a common, common traits, or common background or common, you know, upbringing or sport or school, like the more connections you're able to have, the more comfortable you'll feel with that person because it's like they match the, the story of you, like the egotistical side is, is more similar, but beyond that, you know, when you drop that whole story, like you're able to see that in everyone because they're all, they are all you, the reality of you, but it's funny how the ego tries to make those connections but and it's, 
it's all the superficial side because it makes the ego more comfortable because it is seeing something closer to itself, what it thinks it is. So I, yeah, I just always find that interesting, like what knowing someone even really means and and the differences we we have with interacting with, you know, iterations of ourselves we deem that we know or are closer to knowing versus versus not. This is why I tend to like, you know, small, small communities, especially is because there's actually the potential to get to know one another because you're interacting with one another all the time, right? It's really hard in our current society to get to know anyone because frankly, you're only seeing them to socialize. So you're seeing who they want you to see, right? It's not like you're, you're out there, you know, in the field working with them during the day. It's not like they're your neighbors and you're chilling out on the porch, you know, strumming the guitar or anything like that. You don't see these people because our, our, our lives, the way that we work, the way that we live, the way that we organize everything tears us all apart to the point where you have five minute conversations, maybe hour conversations, maybe every once in a while, you'll see a good friend, you'll hang out for three, four hours or a night, but then you're right back to the grind. Then you're right back to being divided from everyone. And so there is no sense of community in the same way at all, unless it's a communal project, which can be really good. But then again, everybody's coming to that project with a different mentality, depending on what it is, this is the problem with work, right? And you can get a job for a company. That doesn't mean that you're going to get along with anybody in that company. And isn't that sad that so many of us can work together without actually wanting to, right? And that's it. It's just that there is a, a stark difference between what's possible and what we've created habitually. And in order to show what's possible, we need to have the courage to let go of the old mentality. That's really it. And as we do that, our priorities change. All of a sudden we start getting new ideas. All of a sudden we start getting new ambitions. We start seeing new directions like right here in this conversation, especially given all of the people who are currently volunteering to hold groups in their town, whether it be in you know, a community center that they can get for free, or if it's that they have a large room in their basement or something like that. And they wanna hold uh, a group where they can talk about this. You can feature a, an episode of Dualistic Unity, maybe one of the community topics episodes, pick one a week. I mean, there's 28 of them right now. So that's, there's no shortage. Um, we'll create some flyers. We'll create them. We'll make them available on the website, some printable logos, stuff like that. Like whatever it is, if you want to have this conversation, you want to invite people to it. We want to encourage you to do that because at least then you'll get to know them, not just what they tell you they are, but their intention behind it. If they're coming to this conversation, either their intention is to prove it wrong and self-validate, or it's honestly to question and grow. And you'll know as you start hosting groups, you'll start to feel that out and it's going to teach you more about your own intention. And so the process of going back and forth is really all we're encouraging. And that process accelerates the more we throw ourselves into the mix. And so we're just coming up with ways to do that. Thanks to you and all the inspiration that you provide us. Absolutely. Because that's where the growth happens is through those connections, through the groups, through just not even any type of conversation, but the conversation happening inevitably leads to more insights, more depth, more willingness to let go, more comfort in yourself because you're able to kind of realize through the conversation that, oh, was, I, I didn't have to have this armor up. I didn't have to have the shield up the whole time. And just being able to, even just being able to see that as an, as an option that I think a lot of people have seen in our Patreon groups they've been able to take that and myself included into the rest of their life. Oh, I don't have to put up this, 
this guard. I don't have to put up this, I don't have to wear this mask in here because the less I wear a mask, the more I'm actually able to connect with people. And isn't it funny how that works? Like we spend our whole life trying to be something for the world and in a world that's always trying to be something when you're not trying to be that people clue in They're like, oh, oh, I don't have to do that either. And, and then they look at you and they're like, oh, you're not doing that either. We can, let's, let's talk about it. Isn't it interesting how everyone's wearing a mask all the time and there's so much freedom in, in taking it off. And so I think that's, if anything, you know, that's what the groups are doing wherever they happen, whatever the conversation is, it's just the ability to have it, the willingness to see that it's an option and, and run with it and see how much we can let go of together. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's the opportunity of growth kind of skyrockets when you're in that state relative to trying to, you know, validate and prove anything about yourself and show your worth or prove yourself to anyone. It's like the dropping of that is when the growth can finally begin. Yeah, Andrew. As you seem to be dropping the need to be Andrew, it seems like there's so much growth happening around you, doesn't it? Isn't that interesting? It's so very interesting to me that it is exactly that paradoxical, that in the same way that I feel like the universe has altered according to my willingness to be it, Andrew feels like the universe is altering according to his willingness to be it. And the same is true for you, dear listener, because we are all the same person. We are all pulling the universe in the same way. It just comes down to the level of responsibility that you are willing to embody, recognize, explore, and not take too seriously. Because as, as much as it's true that you are responsible, you are just responsible for yourself. So there's a balance to be found there. And that's really all this is about. Uh, we are going to wrap up this episode in about four minutes. But I did want to mention very quickly that we are going to be continuing on in about 20 minutes on Patreon. If you can join us, it is a tier one group. So anybody can join uh, from tier one upwards. Tier one is only $5 per month. You get to talk to us twice a week. Uh, Turns out to be, I think, 35 cents per hour for all the access that you get to Andrew and myself. But it's not just Andrew and myself, it's the community. It's the fact that we regularly have a large group of very insightful people who come in, they share their insights, they share their challenges and their journeys. They teach us stuff all the time. And it's a lot of fun. We, we have some good laughs. We kind of just go around. There's no rhyme or reason. Really, if you don't want to talk, you don't have to. Some people just listen. Some people go and they'll do their hair or they'll cook some food or they'll be cleaning their apartment. We're just spending time together. There's no other purpose except that we're spending time together with no other purpose. And isn't that nice as a change? Yeah, just having a space to uh, to do that because there aren't a whole lot of spaces out there. They all have an agenda, have something you got to be doing, have a you know, a, uh, even like a meditation group, it's like, there's a massive expectation going into that. Like I'm, uh, I'm having a rough day and I'm, I'm going to go meditate and I'm going to fix everything. And like, or there's, you know, th there's still a weight that can be brought into and taken from that because there's an expectation for a weight to be dropped. And then if it, your perception of that weight doesn't drop by the end of it, like it only gets worse. But if you go into a situation where there is no expectation whatsoever, you can realize that the weight that you were holding on to was just expectation for something. 
And so being able to have an experience in which there isn't so much expectation, that weight of whatever other expectation you had begins to drop. And that's all it is, is seeing the opportunity to go into an experience without an expectation, because that's all the weights that are happening in your life is, is almost always through having an expectation of something and fearing that it won't be met or hoping that it will be met. And, and there's nothing besides going into a situation without an expectation that can allow you to see that you don't have to do that so much. And, you know, so that's all, that's all we're doing. It's going into situations without so many expectations to allow you to recognize that they aren't necessary. Expectations are not necessary. Thinking about yourself and how you measure up to a certain situation isn't necessary, but a lot of us get caught up in thinking that it always is. And so we don't even have an opportunity to see that it isn't. So that's all these groups are. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out, it's uh, probably the best, best offering we've got is Patreon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited about the fact that I have zero expectations of what will come from dualistic unity. I really just enjoy the time that we put into dualistic unity. And I just have faith in our listeners. Like I know that you're going to do what I would do <laughs> in your situation. And so I have faith that whatever that is, that's what's supposed to be done. All I'm doing is putting in my time because I like being here with you. I like, I like knowing that at the very least, you know, you're not alone in being alone, that not everybody's taking it so seriously. And maybe that will remind you from time to time to just not take it so seriously. Love yourself a little more, be a little more open. And if you can join us on Patreon. Thanks so much for joining us today. We will see you again next week. Oh, and actually Tuesday night, 6 p.m. This week, we're going to be doing our roundtable event. So don't miss that. All right. Bye, everyone. Talk to you soon.